This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Bananimals, you're listening to a very special Bananas mini-sode. I'm Scotty Landis. I'm Kurt Brownoller. They're little. They're your stories. They're mini-sodes. Thank you for sending in such great stories. More bananas, the better. We Ever since we got the Bananas phone, Bananas phone has been a real treat. Keep sending me texts. Keep giving me calls. Uh, thanks for all these wild stories, guys. Everybody also claims that they had somebody named Lamangelo and Arangelo in their school. Uh, I feel like this is the new my hometown is the meth capital of America. There's no way that everybody has somebody in their school named Lamangelo and Arangelo spelled lemon jello and orange jello. I know it's the best fake names ever, but guys, I've gotten this from 25 people because you know I love. Names. I've seen it. I have seen it in DMs as well. People are all convinced. It is fascinating that you can you once you have repeated mm-hmm. a thing as a memory enough times, it just becomes real for you. Yeah. It's so weird the way memory works that way. It's it great. It happens all the time with me with stand-up stuff where it's like a story yes. that I've told a specific way for stand-up where like a key detail has been changed better for the stage. Then I start thinking that's how it happened, and I can see it in my head and everything. It's really creepy. Oh, yeah, and it's no shots fired at all. We all understand. Nobody is saying I taught them or I know them. Everybody's just saying my cousin taught or my friend. It's that thing where in the up until cell phones and the internet, everybody's cousin had a great story, and it turns out that all of our cousins were telling us the same exact story. Exactly. Um, so we you want to go? Great, yeah. Yeah, we got some great stories here. Oh, little sneeze. This one. <laughs> <laughs> this one comes in from uh, Jim Mentz. He sent it in uh, over Instagram. He's at Thank Jim, Jim. Mentz Photog on Instagram. Follow. Banana bosses. I have a fake plaque story. Ooh. So this is coming. This came in in August, I guess. Okay. Because uh, that's when we're talking about fake plaques. In the 1990s, I was mm-hmm. an assistant scoutmaster of a small Boy Scout troop in Maryland. We mm-hmm. spent our summers at a very old scout camp in Pennsylvania. Okay. Every summer at camp, every troop was required to do a service project to improve the camp. Fill potholes, cut brush, paint, etc. There was a huge troop from a wealthy area that always did extravagant service projects. Yes. And then... They always placed a plaque stating this service project was performed by Troop 216. One project they did was to rebuild the pool changing area, but they created a special changing area for themselves to use exclusively. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, Bob, the Scoutmaster, and I used their 
area early one morning because fuck them. And when we came out, our stuff was thrown on the floor, dirty and wet. So that winter, Bob and I plan and execute our revenge. We collected 15 sets of electric conduit pipes, outlets, and outlet boxes. Okay. We snuck into the camp while it was closed for the winter and proceeded to install an outlet, unwired, of course, on every tree in at every, on a tree in every campsite. Okay. On each outlet, we placed a plaque saying "Electricity proudly provided by Troop 216." Oh yes. That summer, we made sure we were scheduled for the first camp weekend and watched the hilarity as every troop went to the camp office to get their electricity turned on. The camp office was like, this is a Boy Scout camp. There is no electricity. We laughed our asses off watching everyone cussing that self-aggrandized troop of rich asses. They never put a plaque up on anything ever again. Mission accomplished. Moral of the story, never fuck with hillbillies. Love the show. Keep driving me bananas. That is such a good... The best pranks are the ones that are time bombs. That you have to... You do it. And then that payoff wasn't for four or five months. Those guys were just... They were doing it because they needed to get it out of... Oh, that's so good. The best ones are the ones you plant and walk away. Yeah. And also just that it's just so funny to have... Uh, just pl- outlet plugs on trees. Do you know Hilarious. what I mean? Like now forever and ever more, that's always there as a joke, which is so funny. It is. And it's like you totally get what that 216 or whatever, you totally get what they're doing. Like there was always like the rich kid that on field trips, their mom would come and buy everybody that they were chaperoning like little gifts and you always wanted to be on their field. There's always the the showy adult. And the yeah. showy adult is the worst thing you can be. Like, do all those things subtly, but to brag about your goodwill deeds or these yeah. little that's that means they're worthless. That means you shouldn't have even done them. Stop making it, it about you. I remember I remember once because you know, I grew up Neptune, New Jersey, and uh, the we had a woman down the street who who used to babysit me, but what she would also do was she would collect clothes for the poor. She was a former nun. Good, um, very nice. And uh, she's she, you know she didn't have much money herself, but she would collect. She always run this clothes drive, so people were always dropping clothes off. And I remember yes. I was there once when a woman came to drop off a bunch of clothes, but then asked Mrs. Kelly for a receipt. Yes, and Mrs. Kelly like just lost it like the idea that you would ask for a receipt for something that you're donating yeah like it like was so illogical to her yeah like to like the catholic idea of like donation that she just told her to take all her clothes and leave like it was like she was furious she was like screaming at the woman for asking for a receipt for donation and now whatever because i whenever you know i donate stuff to goodwill and, you know, it's like, Lauren's always like, get a receipt. I'm always just like, I feel weird getting a receipt for you. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, though. Like, it is, I know, and it's, again, you know, we're, we, it's tax write-offs left and right whenever you can, but it's like, yeah, there's something about doing good or doing bad and just leaving it for somebody else to discover that is so, so satisfying. Oh, yeah. And did this- you? I, I never went to camp, but I had, you know... I never talked about this on the podcast, but I so I had a English teacher in uh-huh. high school uh, by the name of Joe Feely, who then he taught this class called Myths, Dreams, and Cultures, and a lot of it was based on like Eastern. Cool. And this was in high school, and it was like a lot of Eastern philosophy. They, there was a whole section on Native American philosophy, and then at the end, you could go on a three day camp, and you yes. would learn like 
primal, primitive survival techniques. Yes. So when I was 18, I went on this camp, and it was fucking awesome. Yes. Uh, and then I decided that I, to continually go back to that same land, it was called Crow. Oh, right, From sure. the age of 18 until it was recently sold. It was maybe sold uh, five years ago. Great. Uh, and so every single year I was camping multiple times at this place. But when I graduated college, right. 22... Uh, what I decided to do was I was just going to live in the woods by myself for a month. Who doesn't? You and Chris McCandless. <laughs> I think that's that guy's name. Yeah, is that it? That's Into the uh, Wild, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, uh, so I went up, yeah. and this is... And I had no idea. You know, I didn't know shit about camping. I had to, like, literally buy all the camping gear specifically to do this. Yeah, it's fun, though. Uh, buying camping yeah. gear is one of the great things an adult can do. You're just like, I'm oh, taking a home it. with me. Oh, this is cheaper than I thought. <laughs> uh, so I was there for 30 days. It wow. didn't rain three days. Oh. <laughs> it oh, rained. It, it rained. You. It rained 27 days oh, out of 30. And I was just like going t so crazy and like going. <laughs> And like you know, I eventually I built my own structure. I lived in a wigwam that I built myself. That's cool. Um, I'm primarily ate tuna fish out of a can. Yeah, uh, naked most of the time. Uh, but the one there was just, and this isn't a funny story, but there was this one I moment. It, so I had decided, like it was, I was brutally lonely. Yeah, my whole idea by going out there was that I was like, I'm going to go here and learn to be alone without being lonely. Okay, right? that was my whole like plan. Smart. And also a very like twenty two year old thing to to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're proving yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was a kind of like a vision quest of a type, but and I just totally failed at it. I was just lonely the whole time. All I did was like write about how lonely I was, how much I hated it. That's I what happens. Enjoy it every time. That's what happens to people that do this kind of thing. Um, whenever people like even that dude that I reference in Into the Wild, uh, his journal by the end. Uh, crack hour. The writer was over like, oh, his last twenty pages were just about what he ate that day. He was starving to death. So you were yeah. emotionally starving to death. You were just like, you needed a hug. Yeah, I really needed a hug. I would oh. just go for long, long walks when oh, it would no. like for the for like the hour that it didn't rain that day. Um, and then, so then I finally one day I was just so fed up and I was just like, that's it. I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. And I decided I was leaving tomorrow, <clears throat> and I went down. Walked the five miles to this payphone, and I called my mom, and I was like, hey, could you come pick me up tomorrow? She's like, I will come pick you up tomorrow. And then I like walked back to camp, and I like sat down. Uh -huh. There's this pond there, and I felt like this great weight off my shoulders. I was like, I'm leaving. Okay. And then I just started um, like throwing like just little pebbles into the water. Uh-huh. And... All of a sudden, like I was just literally sitting there and throwing pebbles into the water, and then and I sat down at like in the in the day, okay. and all of a sudden, like it was the sun was setting, uh -huh. and I had just been sitting like watching these like you know just ripples like ripple out from yeah. like, the be the middle of the lake out, and I realized, and then I just got up and I was like, oh, I don't want to leave anymore, oh, and weird. it was just in that like this like moment of like beautiful release where like. I finally, like, my ego has just been running in circles for 27 days, you yes, know? I'm yes, just like, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely, I'm lonely. And, yes. like, I couldn't let my brain relax. And then this moment where, the, for the first time, took 27 fucking days 
where I actually like stop thinking yeah. with like this, like this need, this loneliness part of my brain. Yeah. Like all like time slowed down. I didn't notice the passing of time and I, it was released. I woke up early the next morning, called my mom, told her not to come. Oh, and spent really? The next three days in like pure bliss just by myself in the woods. It was you amazing. You accepted defeat. You accepted yeah. that you weren't as strong, cool. And once there, it's like the thing about therapy or something, sometimes just getting it out of your system and going, I screwed this up. I didn't do this right. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, it's also like leaving confession or reconciliation when you were young. Even if you're like, oh, I cheated on a test. My sister and I fought over Nintendo. Uh, You just feel better. So you just, you purged your, you, you were failing and you admitted you were failing and then you felt better. And also, in some ways, I was not allowing myself to ever be there because I was thinking of the lack of something. I was always thinking of the lack of other human beings or like how lonely I was. And as soon as I accept, as soon as I accepted that I was there and just was present, like it all was released. It was, and that is the whole thing. It's like where you're like, oh, that's, I would never have expected it. I didn't realize till months later that that is what happened in that moment. Sure. You know, because in the moment, it happened. It was amazing. You might not have ever tried uh, stand-up if you hadn't done that. It's a very I solo agree. career, and I think you tested yourself and learned you were okay with failing, and then you got your butt back up there, and look at you now. Look you're at ki- me You're now. killing it. Yeah, just um, stuck at home, not being able to tour. <laughs> yeah, fun year. Um, also, right, I'm you gonna got one? S- I am. I'm going to switch my story up. Give me just a second to find it, because I like, I like the Boy Scouts as a theme. I like what you did. I, I, I did get one about a retreat that I'm going to do. Also, okay. quick, quick, quick sidebar. There is a bar, and Kurt, you might know about this. It's in Denver, and I believe it's called My Brother's Bar. And they, uh-huh. the owner had a daughter who was in the Girl Scouts. And so he started buying Girl Scout cookies every year and then selling them at the bar. So the first time I went was probably about eight years ago, ten years ago. This guy will buy like $5,000 worth of Girl Scout cookies. And then I think they have a kitchen and they make burgers and stuff. But then everybody that took me was like, we go once we're already drunk. We're going to take a cab there. We all buy different boxes of Girl Scout cookies. And then we just get drunker and house Girl Scout cookies. It is the best idea. I encourage whenever bars fully reopen, whenever the great vaccine or hand of God comes down, bars, support the Girl Scouts. Buy their cookies. Drunk people eat them like they're going out of business. That's a great idea. Where? What, what state is Denver? This in? That's in Denver, Colorado. In Denver. My brother's Denver. bar in Denver, and I hope I they're still Denver. around. And it was the best gimmick. They had them stacked to the ceiling. I mean, five thousand boxes of cookies. Oh, uh, man! As soon as this, as soon as we we're can coming tour. to Denver. Denver's, we're coming to Denver. I'll tell you, this is when we're, we're as soon as we can safely tour. I've already. We, this is these are our cities where we have a lot of lists. Hit it. We got Chicago, Love Denver, Best. Minneapolis, Can't New wait. York, Greatest. L.A., mm-hmm. uh, Austin. Probably Seattle. Seattle, yes. You know where and... we get a lot from, too? We get a ton from Australia and New Zealand. We get a ton. Like, so many from Alaska. Like, Anchorage, Alaska, the we're number of DMs and texts, we're coming for you. We're coming to University coming of Alaska. I don't I care if 14 Bananimals show up. We're talking. Okay, I got it. Right. This one comes from Squirrely Danger. I believe her Squirrely name is... Squirrely Danger. Thank you, Squirrely Danger. Sarah from Austin, a.k.a. Squirrely Danger. Long story short, I grew up in a small town outside of Houston, and par- and I was a part of a culty Baptist megachurch. Ooh. The- Ooh, enticing. 
The youth group leaders were all over-involved parent volunteers who loved to create fun weekend retreats that were actually just expensive indoctrination sessions. Mm-hmm. One weekend, we were separated into groups by gender. Of course. Nobody of course. does it better than the church. <laughs> uh, and shuttled to different houses. Upon arrival, the house mom went over her rules for the weekend. Clean up over your, after yourself, be nice to others, make your bed, etc., she then brought out an antique hospital bedpan. She passed it around, uh, made us all pass it around, and told us uh, what a bedpan was and how this particular one was used, but it would be clean for all of us to drink out of all weekend. She said oh. it was the only thing big enough to hold enough water for all of us. So we all exchanged horrified glances before she started laughing like a maniac and told us <laughs> and told us the lesson for this weekend was purity and that this bedpan was her metaphor. The bedpan was physically clean, but we were still disgusted by the thought of using it. She explained that essentially it was the exact same energy that our husbands would have if they found out we had sex before marriage. Oh no. <laughs> no. Oh my god that they're used bedpans Yes! fucking crazy! What a demon woman. Uh, We would just be tainted bedpans. I found out later that the boys got to go to a basketball game that weekend and never once got a lesson like this at any time during any of the youth retreats despite every trip being focused on this for the girls. Thankfully, this story was so ridiculous. My parents and I ended up slowly backing out of that church and let's just say I never made it to the purity ball. If you don't even know what that is, Google it. We know um, there's oh, so I much to unpack. Know what a purity ball is. Oh, dude, it's kind of like a father daughter dance, but basically, it's the fathers take their virginal daughters and they have rings and they basically all pledge that they will stay pure until marriage. And Oof. it's creepy. And I'm currently writing a horror movie about one. Seriously. Um, oh, good. Anyways, Squirrely Brown, you are not a bedpan. Um, isn't that no, crazy? Yeah. That is so. Fucking crazy! I'm so happy <laughs> that that moment like led them to like get out of that place. That is, you know, like I'm so happy that it had the exact opposite uh, yes. reaction that that woman intended it to be. Yes, and also young, like don't if there is some uh, great big uh, neuron in the sky that created all of this. I can assure you that uh, they don't care if you have sex before you get married. That is the craziest thing in, and of I all can the rules. Assure you, of all the rules. And also, I can assure you that that thing, the great big neuron in the sky, <laughs> doesn't want you to compare yourself to a used bedpan. No. Either. You're probably not. just like let's just chill. <laughs> yeah, if you're legal and it's consensual, and if you're love, even better. But hey, if you just want to have a great time with someone who's great, get out there, protect yourself, live it up. You only get a live spin around up. one more. Yeah, have some fun. I don't like retreats of any type, and I hope that I never go on one ever again. I don't care for them. What what, what you've got? What is it? What retreat have you gone on? Oh, dude. Red Bull. I used to work for Red Bull. I was oh, Kurt geez. knows this. Yeah. I was a Red Bull sales I used rep. To, I I used to teach improv for Red Bull. And yeah, it's where we met. Yeah, that's really where we like. I had seen Kurt perform, and then I he came and did improv for the Red Bull sales reps, and he was great, and we became friends. And I did it in Atlanta. I used to live in Atlanta, and so I was on the team there. And we were opening up uh, the rest of Georgia. This was when Red Bull was new, and people still thought it was alcohol or liquid cocaine or whatever they yeah. thought it was. So they take you wakeboarding, and they take you. 
uh, on all these like ropes courses and fun shit to build teams. And then they teach you new strategies for wearing plain clothes and walking up to strangers and talking to them. It's actually helped me a lot in selling TV shows and stuff because it was like the art of sales when they don't even know they're being sold to. Yeah. Um, so I don't like groups. And whenever I'm in a retreat type group, I feel pressure to be funny or to be interesting. And I was feeling it really bad. We were in Savannah, Georgia. We were with another Red Bull team. We were opening an account there. And they were like, guys, team dinner tonight at Outback Steakhouse. And I'm like, I will pass. And they were like, you cannot. I'm like, I will be there. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, when I was younger, I used to have anxiety or panic enough where I didn't, if I was feeling anxious, I couldn't eat. And and then I'm forced into a group dinner with a bunch of strangers and a bunch of people on my team that are like, Scotty's really funny. He's a great sales rep. And then I just would clam up and not want to talk. Mm-hmm. So I said, how much is the budget to my boss, Chris Fitzgerald? Great guy. I hope he still works for Red Bull. He goes, what do you mean? I go, how much is each person supposed to pay here? Because I'm not going to eat. I will drink whatever my total is. And he goes, $35. I go, okay. So I drank like three Long Island iced teas. So in Savannah, I don't know if you know this, Kurt, there's a street that has an open container. You can drink open containers. I think it's called River Street. It's on the riverfront. And so Chris and I, he peels off. He's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I just don't like group. Like, I don't like icebreakers. I don't like, I'm Scott, like a snake, sis. I'm like, I'd rather, (laughs) I'd rather die. So we're walking down River Street and I'm pretty drunk. And he's like, I can buy us drinks, but they have to be vodka Red Bulls because I can expense a Red Bull drink (laughs) and we have to keep the can. That was like a big thing back in the day. Show the can. Always show the can. So we're walking down. I know it's insane. And also they have gazillions of dollars that totally worked. So I'm walking down River Street with Chris, drinking. I'm holding a Red Bull can. We're drinking vodka Red Bulls, and these two, like these two twenty-something white dude bros, come out. They don't know each other, and they come out of this bar ready to fucking fight. They're ready to throw down, and they start pushing each other. And one guy's like, "Go, bro, go!" Like throw the first shot, and the other guy's like, "Go ahead, hit me! Like do it! Like let's go! What do you got?" And they're just being cocky assholes and so we stop and watch like it's the best show on tv and they keep going for like no exaggeration two and a half minutes of this and just like what do you got you don't know me what do you got and they won't throw a punch and so chris and i are like why aren't these guys just fighting like just get it over with and finally guys like come here he's like smacking his jaw he's like hit me first shot's free all that kind of bullshit the other one goes bursts out into tears and goes (laughs) my dad is such a great guy (laughs) and the other guy goes what (laughs) and he goes you don't even know my dad is such a great guy and the guy goes what are you talking about and then they talked it out they hugged (laughs) it out and they went back in the bar and kept drinking together and chris and i were like what was that (laughs) he got to an emotional plateau where he just boiled over started crying and said my dad is such a great guy you don't (laughs) even know and the other guy just froze and went what and then I love I love just snippets of a drunk fight. Yes. I remember once this was 1999 <clears throat> Williamsburg. No, it was it was Greenpoint. Okay. And I was walking with John Daly. Oh yeah. And I think Brett Gelman. So funny. And we're walking back. Th- their house was like 20 minute walk from the subway. And right. Every fucking time it was annoying. So we get off on the G train, start walking through Greenpoint. At, at this point in Greenpoint. It was not what Greenpoint is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just Polish. It was yes, only well, Polish people. Yeah, and empty. Uh, and so we're walking through Greenpoint, 
And all of a sudden, these two old men like burst out of, and I'm talking like 85, <laughs> 90 year old men, burst out of, uh, of the bar, but yeah. slowly kind of burst out. And they're just stumbling with each other, holding each other. Yep. And then the one best. of them just the like w- goes back for a big punchism in the face. Oh, yeah. Just the other guy in the face. <laughs> His glasses go flying down. And then, the, and then that guy is like looking for his glasses all in slow motion. It's like the most slow motion fight I've ever seen. The and best. then the man yelled at the man who he had just punched, who was now looking for his glasses on the ground. He just went, no bread, no butter, anybody. <laughs> and then turned around and went back in the bar. And, and we just saw that whole thing that all of that happened within like us walking the block, like and then passed Ugh. it, and then on. No idea what what the fuck that fight. Was. Oh, so good, buddy! I love that story so much. <laughs> no bread, no butter, anybody. <laughs> well, I gotta make that. I'm gonna put that on a shirt for you. That's an early Christmas oh, present for you. I love that. Uh, well, we did it again. That's another Minnesota. Thank you so much, Bananimals. Yeah, please send us more stories. Uh, and also, you know, rate and review, and thank you for coming over to Stitcher here to uh, hear these uh, minisodes. And if you're not, maybe they've already been released on the web. And you if know? you're listening to this before, like, uh, November or December, we have a whole bunch of new Bananas merchandise coming out. We have pint glasses. We have, uh, like, a rocks glass tumbler that is bad to the bone. And we got and a, a s- kick-butt snow hat with a pom-pom that our Bananas are just going to look so, so cute, and they're gonna look so, so cute. Yeah. Uh, bananas, bananas. This has been an exactly right production, produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas.